Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, March 9th, and we start with local news. The city has begun work on a new downtown beautification project, which would remove and replace several of its trees in the downtown area, giving it a fresh new look with new plantings. The project will appear on Columbia City Council's consent agenda this month, where it will officially be approved. This includes funding $33,258 to Tree Work Arbor Services, The tree removal was proposed initially in 2021 as a strategic plan objective and was budgeted at $60,000, Assistant City Administrator Thad Jablonski said. The project will also be conducted in multiple phases, starting with the downtown square. We included the public square, but we also included the four corridors coming into the downtown square, one block north, south, east, and west, Jablonski said. That's so that if the bids came in low enough, we might be able to do the second project or the whole project at once, he said. The process will involve taking a grinding machine to the remaining stumps once the tree is cut down. The machine will then grind into the soil to remove the stump while also making room to plant a new sapling. Jablonski added that Director of Development Services Paul Keltner, who is a licensed arborist, was a valued resource in selecting the right kinds of saplings, including a special kind of elm and oak trees, to take the existing one's place. Paul selected trees that would be the right size, as opposed to what is there now, Jablonski said. And to give you an example of what this project will look like, outside our Welcome Center, you'll see a young sapling that was planted just a few months ago. We had an opportunity to kind of experiment and take a look at what this process will look like using a similar tool that TreeWorks will be using, he said. City Manager Tony Massey said following the item's approval, Kelly Murphy, Columbia Marketing Tourism Director, will be submitting the project's plans to the Main Street Association and the Downtown Merchants Association later this month. This is long overdue and something we really, really need, Murphy said. After many years of planning, relocation, supply issues, and other setbacks, the Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen adopted a bid to begin construction on a new Spring Hill Police Department headquarters. However, the estimated $31 million facility wasn't without its share of opinions and concerns, with the final vote resulting in a split 5-4 decision in favor of awarding the contract to Hensel Phelps. The the purpose of Monday's meeting was for the Board of Mayor and Aldermen to either accept a contract bid for the police headquarters or let it expire. Aldermen Hazel Nieves, Brent Murray, Matt Fitterer, John Canapari, and Vice Mayor Kevin Gavigan voted in favor. Spring Hill Mayor Jim Hageman, along with Alderman Jason Cox, William Pomeroy, and Trent Linville, voted against. In 2018, the police headquarters was selected as part of a list of high-priority capital projects to be funded through general fund monies, referred to as the 1875 projects. Many of these projects, such as the Spring Hill Police Department headquarters, remain to get started. In the city's 2022 list of capital projects, the city, I'm sorry, the police headquarters was considered priority number one. The project was nearly a thir- has nearly a 13-year history and has experienced its share of setbacks, such as the original plans to relocate to the Northfield building, which were scrapped in 2021 when the property was sold to Worldwide Stages. 
One concern during Monday night's discussion was how, due to ongoing supply chain and inflation issues, cost estimates are much higher in 2023 than initially estimated in 2018, especially for materials like steel used in non-residential development. It's just too big of a bite to chew off right now, Linville said, regarding the cost increases. Since 2019, the Board of Mayor and Aldermen has made many strides to increase funding by developing a financing plan for the 1875 projects. This includes increasing new construction impact fees, updating the city's debt capacity policy, and, in a controversial move, voting to increase property taxes. The Board of Mayor and Aldermen have also voted to increase the city's adequate facilities tax on new development, as well as raise the cost of building permits. Nieves said she that her reason for support is that the project addresses many dire needs the police department faces at its current facility, such as safety for the officers and citizens due to the aging nature of the building. It has also become an inadequate space for all department operations. This is not just about a new building, but about taking care of our police department's safety and their ability to do their job to protect citizens and provide top-notch safety services that they do, Nieves said. Many citizens do not know about what all the police department does. They not only have to ensure 24-7 safety for our citizens, but they have to do functions that are required. Specific and specialized approaches, such as criminal investigations, handling narcotics that are confiscated, firearms, theft property handling and storage, records, equipment, their fleet, a training facility, and so much more than what conditions they have to work in currently, she said. In his monthly newsletter to citizens, Alderman Fitterer said he ch- by, said by choosing to accept the bid, the Board of Mayor and Aldermen would likely have to decide on any further adjustments to the c- city's project list, such as delaying additional 1875 projects. But d- by denying it, Fitterer said the chances of f- finding a future bid at the same and or lower price would be unlikely. The police station would remain unbuilt, Fitterer said, and our law enforcement would remain in a rented building that's badly outdated, undersized, and not built for policing. We would have to rebid at some point in the future. The chances of the future bid being lower than the one in hand aren't very good, he said. The current facility is located on the lower level of City Hall at 199 Town Center Parkway. Yesterday, the Murray County Youth Education Foundation held a luncheon to raise funds to help Murray County students in schools. WKOMWKRM's Delk Kennedy spoke with Foundation member David Baxter to learn more about what the Education Foundation does for the community's youth. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I am at the Farmers and Merchants Branch on Nashville Highway. I have been attending a luncheon of the Murray County Youth Education Foundation. Uh, They are celebrating their 10th anniversary. I'm speaking with David Baxter, who is extremely active with the Youth Education Foundation. David, tell us just what the Youth Education Foundation is. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Elk. Yeah, you know, so the Youth Education started about 10 years ago with a vision to try to figure out how do we impact and help the youth in our community to succeed and become leaders of our community. And so what we do is we offer programming or grants to teachers within our system that create some kind of creative opportunity for our kids to engage them differently than the normal curriculum that they go to every day 
uh, in their classes. So it helps to kind of spark interest, get them thinking about something that they may have an interest, a hobby, or even a passion for in their life that, that then results to hopefully their career. And that's what we want to try to do. As well as now we've really started to try to figure out how do we impact the mental. You know, there's a lot of depression and anxiety and stuff with all the, you know, the, the stuff, the COVID and, you know, and, and social media and stuff like that. So we're trying to figure out, hey, how do we help you know, support the mental uh, illnesses and stuff in, inside the community as well? So that's that's what we would like to do. Wow, that's fantastic. That, give, give us a flavor. Give us an example of, of one thing that Youth Education Foundation has done. Yeah. So, you know, so for instance, uh, you know, uh, we've done a lot of robotic programs and sponsoring different parts of the robotic programs. Uh, we've done, you know, a lot of STEM projects. Uh, so like, you know, teachers would write saying, hey, we need this funding to be able to create this. We've done, you know, Drew Parker mentioned today, a teacher asked and said, hey, we, there's a lot of kids that come to school that don't have shoes, right? And then they requested to say, hey, how can we get 100, 150 kids in the, you know, that's in our, that goes to our schools every day that don't, uh, that wears their parents shoes and stuff like that we need to be able to uh give that so they requested that we were able fortunate enough to sponsor the grant and then they were able to fit 150 kids with shoes that's never had the ability to wear their own custom shoes wow that's fantastic and and the youth education foundation's work is is wholly or mostly in the uh, public schools correct it's it, yes it's, that's what we focus on is public uh, public schools uh you know obviously we're not opposed to, to helping even the college. We, we partner with Columbia State as well. So it's really, and, and even the tech schools, you know, uh, so we've done work with all, all sectors. If it's youth and education, you do it. That's absolutely right, buddy. We want to make a difference because we know that they're going to eventually run Murray County. Okay. And as we've learned today, though, the Youth Education Foundation relies on the support of the citizens of this community, financial support, volunteer support. If people want to learn more, or if they want to contribute, where do they go? Yeah, so we have a you, you, you can Google Youth Education Foundation Columbia Tennessee. You go you go to our website. You can learn all about us, and you can also figure out hey, how do you become a board member? How do you give, or how do you participate? You know, in what we're doing here. That's fantastic. It was a great lunch and fun to be here. Again, this is Delk Kennedy from Porch Radio. I'm at the First Farmers Branch on Nashville Highway. I have just attended a luncheon celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Murray County Youth Education Foundation. Been talking with David Baxter. David, thanks for a good time. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate you coming and look forward to hopefully the community helping us reach our goals. There we go. Thank you. The Spring Hill Planning Commission could consider a final plan review for a project that will include a Publix grocery store and an additional 13,600 square feet of retail at Port Royal Road and Jim Warren Road, known as Spring Hill Town Crossing, at its next meeting on March 13th. During its most recent planning meeting, Spring Hill Alderman Matt Fitterer and Commissioner Jonathan Duda raised several concerns regarding the materials planned for the grocery store within their duties as the city's design review board. Don Kendall, president of Development Management Group, the architect firm handling the project, said Publix much prefers a stucco material known as Exterior Insulation Finishing System, referred to as EFIS, and was under the impression the city's vision book would allow that exterior. Fitterer and Duda contend the vision for that zoning does not allow at all for EFIS materials, but specifically requires one of four materials listed, masonry, fiber cement board, engineered wood products, and metal panels. Utilizing an EFIS material is something the grocery tenant prefers, Kendall said. 
in the discussions that we had with the master developer, they didn't seem overly concerned that while the vision book is silent as to the use of it, they didn't seem to feel like it was contradictory to the vision of the project that was presented through the planned development. Duda disagreed, saying the city chose those four elements intentionally for the city. This is a nice public that might go well in other communities, but we need to look at this as Spring Hill, Tennessee, he said. Natural materials or agricultural basis for a community, farmland, fencing, slackstone, those types of elements are intentional in our community, he said. The purpose of the pattern book was to outline the look and to prescribe those for everybody, for end users and the city to know what we're getting. Fitterer also noted the back of the grocery building would face Saturn Parkway and said it's important the visual from the highway be aesthetically pleasing as well. We've always been very protective of appropriate materials and appropriate views from the scenic highway, he said. In addition to a Publix, there are plans for 5,600 square feet of retail attached to the grocer and an 8,000 square foot retail building that would be set at the main entrance to the complex, which posed concerns with the view from the entrance. Kendall said the company fought an internal battle on how to best combat the issue because most customers, in their view, would be coming from inside the complex. We've attempted to give you foresighted architecture here, but we're also understanding the routes of the customers and trying to make sure we are presenting ourselves to where most of the customers are going to come from while still presenting a nice facade for the entrance that backs up to the entry drive, he said. Fitterer and Duda said there was work to be done on that front, but Duda offered a suggestion that has worked in other similar developments, such as the crossings, with a berm and stone walls. Kendall said that would be his team's approach to shielding the backs of the buildings if that were allowable by the commission. The planning commission is set to meet on March 13th at City Hall to further discuss the development. Columbia State Community College's John W. Finney Library is excited to share three Reader's Theater events featuring Dr. Jerry Henderson for the month of March. This is a wonderful event to engage students and the community through listening to dramatic readings of historical events, said Ann Scott, Columbia State Library Director. It offers a fantastic opportunity to meet Dr. Henderson and ask questions, she said. The Reader's Theater events will consist of dramatic readings by Henderson, playwright, director, and actor at the Finney Library Reader's Theater located on the second floor. Some of the books to be featured include Maplehurst and Portrait of Honor, both about Tennessee history, as well as Undisturbed Lair, which is about American Impressionist artist Child Hassam, and Special Delivery, which is about the U.S. Postal Service in the early 1900s. A Nashville native, Henderson is a retired formal, former faculty member of Lipscomb University and Pepperdine University, where he served as chair of the theater department. Henderson has experienced directing countless shows and writing plays such as A Legacy of Fear, The Little Box of Winter Seed, To Josephine, Everything on Pacific Avenue, and Over It All, A Tent Was Spread. Finney Library Readers Theater is where literature comes to life, said Scott. The quaint, up-close setting welcomes the audience to experience the characters' stories from the page to the stage. We are delighted that playwriter and director Dr. Henderson and six very talented area actors are sharing their talents with Columbia State and the community, she said. The Reader's Theater events will take place on March 21st at 7 p.m., March 22nd at 11 a.m., and March 23rd at 1 p.m. The performances are free, with RSVPs needed as seating is limited. Seats can be reserved by emailing library at columbiastate.edu. 
There will be a question and answer session with Henderson following each performance. The John W. Finney Memorial Library is located on the Columbia campus at 1665 Hampshire Pike and is open from Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. during the fall and spring semesters. For more information, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash library. Are you looking for an exciting and rewarding new career? Columbia Fire and Rescue's Fire Cadet Program is a great way to get started on building a fulfilling career in the fire service. Cadets aid in increasing the diversity of Columbia Fire and Rescue by bringing new ideas and problem-solving skills to the fire service. Columbia Fire and Rescue strives to develop a department that is reflective of the city of Columbia. This program is for men and women 18 years of age and up. To qualify, applicants must be at least 18 years of age at the time of testing, have a high school diploma or GED, have a valid Tennessee driver's license. The purpose of the Fire Cadet Program is to help young people make the decision on whether they want to pursue a career in fire suppression. The Fire Cadet Program is a unique blend of training designed to prepare cadets for the academic, emotional, and physical rigors required to be successful in the fire service. A job as a fire cadet is a gateway to a full-time firefighting career with Columbia Fire and Rescue. Fire cadets are part-time employees that perform various support functions while completing training to become a firefighter. To find out more information about this great program, visit www.columbiatn.com. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Thomas Harry Anderson, the husband of Columbia native Joe Beth Folger, passed away on March 2nd in Los Altos, California. A graveside service for Mr. Anderson will be held on Saturday at 11 a.m. at Williamsport Cemetery. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a steady rain early, followed by showers continuing this afternoon. The high will be around 58 degrees, with winds out of the south-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of rain today, 90%. Rainfall will be near a quarter of an inch. Tonight, we can expect showers this evening becoming a steady light rain overnight. The low will be around 45 degrees with winds out of the west-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. More than 95% of people incarcerated in Tennessee will come home. I knew it would be tough re-entering society, and I figured I would need help. It's okay. Help is available. The new Tennessee Office of Reentry helps get jobs for people who have been arrested, charged, incarcerated on probation or parole. (laughs) Man, I'm glad to get some help. For more info, go to tnworkready.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. 
A new substance abuse treatment locator website from the Tennessee Department of Health is available now at findhelpnowtn.org. This site links individuals directly to care and help if they are struggling with a substance use disorder. There is an immediate critical point where those struggling with substance abuse and misuse are absolutely ready to receive help, said Tennessee Health Commissioner Dr. Ralph Alvarado. Unfortunately, this point is often at the height of crisis. The FindHelpNowTN.org website puts addiction and treatment resources within immediate reach in real time when individuals and families don't know where to turn, he said. FindHelpNowTN.org guides individuals to location-based openings and services available at substance use treatment facilities. Site users can search facility listings using up to 60 different features, such as the type of treatment needed, insurance programs, payment methods, and availability of wraparound services. Treatment facilities on FindHelpNowTN.org regularly update their availability of residents, inpatient, and outpatient services. Since site users also can access the facility's contact information, they can reach out immediately for treatment. Facilities on the site are asked to update the availability of their residential, inpatient, and outpatient services regularly to ensure the most current information is available. Individuals and their loved ones facing substance abuse disorder have much to endure in finding a way out of addiction, said Director Amy Murawski of TDH's Overdose Response Coordination Office. Our hope is to is for FindHelpNowTN.org to be a source to find relief in an extremely exhausting and an immensely stressful situation, she said. Currently, 243 Tennessee facilities have listed on FindHelpNowTN.org, and the Tennessee Department of Health is working with community partners, providers, and stakeholders to include more facilities on the site. The launch of FindHelpNowTN.org is the result of a partnership between the Tennessee Department of Health, Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, Tennessee Tech University's iCube program, and TAADAS, or the Tennessee Association of Alcohol Drug alcohol, drug, and other addiction services. FindHelpNowTN.org works in cooperation with TDMHSAS's Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789, a 24-7, 365-day-a-year resource for substance treatment referrals via phone call or text message. Tennessee is blessed with a wealth of substance use treatment resources, and we continue to look for ways to expand options for people even if they have little or no no means to pay for it, said Linda McCorkle, Director of Treatment and Recovery Services. We know that treatment works and recovery is real, so we're excited to have other another resource in our state to connect people and families with the help they so desperately need, she said. FindHelpNowTN.org is built upon an online platform based with the Kentucky Injury Prevention and Resource Center, a partnership between the Kentucky Department of Health and the University of Kentucky College of Public Health. KIPRC developed the platform in 2018 through a CDC grant to share with states interested in developing locator services for substance abuse treatment. The mission of the Tennessee Department of Health is to protect, promote, and improve the health and prosperity of people in Tennessee. Learn more about TDH services and programs at www.tn.gov forward slash health. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Bridgestone Arena announced a benefit concert on March 20th. The event will feature performances by Marin Morris, Brothers Osborne, Cheryl Crow, Haley Williams, Hosier, Jason Isbell, and more. The concert will benefit Tennessee Equality Project, Inclusion Tennessee, Out Memphis, and the Tennessee Pride Chamber in partnership with Looking Out Foundation. Tickets are on sale now. You can find them at www.bridgestonearena.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.